You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry. And Wayne is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. Sort of a transitional period in the markets. I mean, uh, when I say markets, I mean that, that's with a broad stroke. In other words, we had this really nice bounce back, um, culminating in a massive move uh, to the upside on Friday in the United States. But suddenly last night, everyone said, wait a second, this isn't quite right. So it came down quite a lot, you know, two, two and a half, three percent in the States. What do you make of it, Wayne? Was that just a dead cat bounce last week or was that the start yeah, of look, something? Look, I mean, as we all know, no one, no one knows the, 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 the future. Mm. I still think we're in a bear market, but we are approaching the bottom. Now, whether that's 5% away or 10% away, I don't, I, I literally don't know. But I, we had the majority of the fall is behind us. But I do agree with you. I think this is a bit of a, a bit of a dead cap bounce in a, in a bear rally, but I see our market after being down quite heavily earlier on, yes. is now more or less break-even. It's a quarter percent down. And that can only be because the futures in the U.S. are looking a little bit little bit happier. So we'll have to see. But that's the, that's the real problem. Is that, you know, before the, before the U.S. markets open, you don't know if they're going to be up 2% or down 5 it could be either, and it could change after the opening as well. Of course, it can. Yes, you, you can. You, you can go to bed. I know you go to bed early because you're quite old. Um, and when yes. you go to bed, you'll see the uh, S and P up one point seven six percent. You wake up in the morning and see it down two and a half percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just unfortunately a bear market. But as I said, <clears throat> I think the majority of the fall is behind us, and. Maybe there's another five or ten percent to go, mm. and I think if you were brave enough to buy now and not trying to call the bottom because that is in effect impossible, you probably be quite content in three years' time, five years' time buying the shares now, but you may have another two or three months or weeks of sweating there because the market will still fall. I actually spent most of this very early morning, because I had to give a presentation this morning, oh. but I had load shedding from six till half past 10 last night. Hmm. And I wasn't going to do the work at half past 10. So I woke up at three o'clock this morning when we were only on schedule two load shedding, because that applies between three and five in the morning. And I did my presentation, prepared it because I, you know, your stuff's got to actually be up to date. You can't use your presentation from last week. And I had a good look at share market valuations. The valuation of our market as a summary is slap bang in the middle of fair value. So the retracement that we've seen from 76,000 down to the current 67,000. So what's that about uh, 10%, something like, like that, um, has taken us out of overvalued territory and put us into fair value. Doesn't mean we won't fall and go into cheap valuations, but at least we've done a fair retracement. However, the U.S. market is not quite in the same position. If you just measure the metrics by themselves, in other words, not comparing it to interest rates, the market actually looks fairly good value. In other words, this retracement we've seen 
has taken a lot of the, the sort of foam out of the market, the excess valuations out of the market. However, if you compare the market's valuation to the 10-year bond yield, because the 10-year bond yield has gone up so much, the U.S. market still looks a little, little expensive despite the falls that we've had. But, of course, that's all dependent on the U.S. long bond staying at 3.2%. And that in itself is dependent on what inflation does. So I spent also spent a bit of time looking at inflation. I think it's highly likely that oil will be minus 30% in a year's time and food will be minus 30% in a year's time. And inflation headline will be three. Because all the other inflationary drivers, and I've just used unemployment rate as a proxy, you know, that can reverse very quickly when the economy slows down. I mean, it reverses extremely quickly. So in other words, it'll take the wage pressure out. And then all the other pressures, capacity, utilization, and that can also fall quite quickly. And this might be optimistic, but I think we get inflation 3% somewhere in the second half of next year, and we'll have interest rate cuts. That's and then that'll be the end of the bear market, eh? Well, I mean, the bear market will have already, I mean, the market we'll participants will have already anticipated that. But talking about correct. the food story, Wayne, I mean, if you use wheat, for example, as a proxy for food price yeah. inflation, it was 12.80, in other words, $12.80 per bushel, not that long yeah. ago, just after the war broke out. Uh, because obviously yeah. Russia and Ukraine are the world's biggest uh, producers and exporters of wheat. Yes. And it is today, as I look at my screen, $9.36, $9.36 per bushel. Yeah. Now you can do the math. Let, let's, let's round it off. Let's say it's nine fifty now and it was $13 a bushel. I don't know. I'm not very good at maths and percentages, but that's probably 25 to 30% down, isn't it? And that's the sort of bear market you're talking about. In, in, in food. Yeah, because these things these things can reverse quite quickly. So let's use let's use something that everyone in South Africa understands. Uh, bread. Maize. Yeah, bread. Okay, okay. Millies. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me just go. I'm just going to get it, yeah. I'm going to get now. I've got soya beans up here. I haven't got maize. Let me get some, let me get corn up here, as they call it in the United States. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'm going to. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to do this as well. Look at us, uh, both messing around trying to figure yeah, out. Okay, so I've got, I've got, the, I've got the millies up here. Yeah? Okay, go the on. The price per 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 bushel, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's, a, it's whatever. The 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 the, the price mm -hmm. has hit eight hundred four times in all the history that I've got going back forty years, and now is one of those times where it's hit eight hundred. The bottom seems to be around about 300, and it's gone from 300 in 2021 to 800 where it is now. So it certainly had a very significant rise. But as you so as you correctly said, it's already dropped from 815 to 750. So it's already, I mean, it, that's, that's very marginal in relation to how much it has gone up by. But it's not going up anymore. It's actually starting to fall. Yeah, I've got it um, at, uh, I've got the, my, my graph up as well. It was 300 in at the beginning of 2020. And then the, the rise was really, really steep. And then it dipped back again yeah. and uh, hit uh, just below 500. Uh, and, and then went shooting up again to above 800 or $8 a bushel 
and it's now 765. Yeah. It hasn't fallen as much yeah. as, as wheat has. And there's obviously no. something going on there with the wheat thing. I mean, the, these wheat traders must be having a, a whale of a time. A whale of a time, yeah. They're having so but much if you fun. Just take the, if you just take the main indices, so this is now all in dollar terms, the index. Mm -hmm. um, that has... That that went up from 130 to 170, so that's 40 percent in eight months. Yes, and it's now it hasn't really fallen yet, but it looks as though it's rolling over, for want of a better word. It's not going up anymore. So yeah, and also very similar to maize, because obviously it's driven by the same things. This price on the index now, the index level is, was 170 at the peak. That's also the highest it's been in 40 years. So more than likely it's going down. And if I look in the past, food prices, this food index has halved in the next two yeah. years from previous occasions when it hit the peak, it halved. Yeah, you've always said, Wayne, that uh, agricultural commodities are, are ones that you can, it's not like a mine, yeah. you know, it takes it takes years for yeah. a mine to be developed could, and it takes an enormous amount of, response, of capital yeah. investment. But you can respond, you can, you can say, okay, I've got this big field here. And now, well, you can imagine, you can, mm, you can imagine if you're Joe Farmer hmm. and literally beginning of last year, you got 90 rand per unit that you sold. You now got 170 Rand per unit. So a hundred percent higher. All that marginal land that didn't make money at 90 is now printing money at 170, 180. You are planting that thing like crazy. So there's a very quick supply response. Yes, yes, there is. Very, I mean, you good. make it sound very easy. Because I think the farmers that are listening to this uh, podcast will say, wait a second, Wayne. I mean, you've you made it very simplistic. I have to wake up at four in the morning and do all this thing. But I, I understand. Well, you know what? If you're, making, if you're making so much money, you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning to plant that field. <laughs> because Wayne. you are killing it. <laughs> yes, I know you are. Um, Wayne, I want to talk about the RAND because over the years that we've been speaking on this podcast and on yes. various other platforms, you've been very, very good with the RAND. You say, well, it's here now and it's 25% above its mean or it's, it's here now and it's 32% below its mean and it's going to revert to the mean interest rates inflation yes. compared to other countries I think the RAND looks vulnerable this is my view and I want you to either shoot me down or bolster my opinion uh, I think no, the RAND I'm, I'm, I think the RAND is neither. I think the RAND is, un, is, is, is due for a fall. And I said this a couple of days ago via Twitter, and it was around about 1598, 1599. It's now yeah. 1613. I think it's going worse. What do you think? It could very easily. But let me give you my perspective. Because that also obviously occupied some of my time early this morning. Okay. When I had electricity. Yeah. The RAND is fairly valued. And I'll define fairly valued now is fairly valued only about 20% of the time. So 80% of the time when you're looking at the RAND, it's at the wrong value. In other words, it's not fairly valued. Now, my fair value is just simply based on inflation differentials. And the RAND can stay away. It, it can be outside. If, oh, we got electricity again. It can be outside fair value differentials mm. for two years, three years either too cheap or too expensive. 
So giving that background, fair value for the RAND now is between 15 and 60. So in other words, I think the RAND's starting to approach cheap levels, for want of a better word, but that doesn't mean it can't blow out massively if something goes wrong somewhere, because that is the RAND. However, should it blow out and go to, I don't know, 18 against the dollar, you must bring back every cent you've got overseas back into rands because then the next move is probably back down to 14. Yeah, but then when you so, become yeah. – so it, could, it could very easily bomb out. It could so easily bomb out, but fair value is between 15 and 16. Yeah, but when you're now you're becoming a currency trader and that's not your job. You're an asset manager. You're, you're, an, equity, no, no, you're um, an equity manager. Look, Why would look, you even say that? I've that's learned, irresponsible no, of you. Been, no, no, that's a major one – one of our major decisions as an asset manager is when do we take money overseas and when do we bring it back? All right. That's one of our major decisions. Now – in, in investments, I mean, I've spoken about this many times, the only free lunch is diversification. So you'd have a nice diversified portfolio, but should the RAND blow out to 18, then that will be the third time that it's blown out in the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. It'll be the third time the RAND is totally blown out in the last 12 years. Now, what it's done Previously, is in 2015 when Zuma fired the finance minister, mm-hmm. the rand went to call it 16 against the dollar. The next stop was 11.50. Then, when we had the COVID, it blew out to 18 against the dollar. The next stop was 14. So, should it blow out now, we'll bring money back. I think, your, I think your numbers so are wrong, Wayne. outside of fair value rent. No, I'm not wrong. No, you, no, no you, you, your, your numbers are wrong. You, you, your historical um, um, uh, commentary is not wrong. Maybe. But didn't notice it went to nearly 19 overnight when uh, – what, yeah, what was the name I've of got, the finance minister? And there was a new one put in, and he lasted two days or something. I it was Nene. Nene, exactly. Nene, and then they put, and then they put uh, the, the weekend special in, Van Royen. He, yeah, it, it went to sixty. Look, I'm I'm working I'm working on a monthly chart. So daily, it might have hit another went to peak. 19. I'm working mm. on a, on a, on a month end chart. Yeah, yeah. Nene Gates. Sorry, I'm not working on a daily chart. That's okay. But it's, 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 it's fine. I mean, a, a daily, it was overnight in Japan. I think people pushed it to close to 19 against the US dollar, and everyone was terrified. And so they should have been. But he lasted three days. Uh, when the other thing I want to talk about, I know you love banks. I know you love banks in South Africa because their valuations are compelling. Um, I saw a, um, a comment from uh, Mohammed El Arian, and he said that Euro banks. Euro banks, not South African banks, Euro banks are priced for economic Armageddon. In all, in other words, almost suggesting that they're so cheap they've got to be bought. What would you say to that? And what would be the impact on South African banks if they did start to Look, rally? European European banks have been undervalued for a very long time, for decades, in fact. Um, I think they are cheap, but I'm not an expert on European banks. But... Uh, SA banks still look reasonable. And, you know, if we do get any weakness in SA banks, any further weakness, you know, I would be a, a, a very strong buyer. Because if you take my own bank, First Rand, yes, I mean, it's down 15%, roughly speaking, 
off its peak. And, you know, if it goes down 20%, in other words, it drops, it's now trading at 64 rand or 65 rand. If this thing drops to 60 rand, we, we would buy it. And along with other banks as well, not just not just first rand. I'm just using first rand because I, I know the prices better than I know the prices of the of the other banks. So it peaked at about 77 rand, 78 rand, and it's now 65 rand. If it goes below 60, we would be a really strong buyer, and not just of first rand, as I said, of, of all the banks. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you take if you take the banks, they've been a very good performer. You know, the performance has actually been quite good. And when you look at NetBank's trading update, which just happens to be the most recent one, but all the banks have come up with a trading update, earnings growth looks good because they are cushioned almost from what happens in the economy with interest rates, etc. cetera. Well, well, higher interest rates in the shorter term actually boost banking profits because they've got um, very high bad debt provisions. So you've got almost one year, two years guaranteed decent earnings growth out of the banks. And in fact, a couple of them might even throw out a special dividend there because they got excess capital. So okay. yeah, the banks still look reasonable. I mean, I think in the last year and a half, banking sector is the best sector. It's outperformed everyone else. And, and imagine when the the world's economy starts to uh, to really take off, and the South African economy comes out of the doldrums. Imagine. Uh, yeah, but then, but then, uh, but then, uh, then, then the. Then the, the more marginal shares will run first. The, the retail, the, the commodity shares will, uh, will will beat the banks then. So the banks are a little bit defensive. Anyway, you're, you're positioned there. And if it dips, if um, I, I shall watch the, the first round price. And if it goes to 60, I shall think of you because you'll be there on the bid at 59.50. And uh, that's, a, that, that's almost like a put option because Wayne McCurry's buying. Uh, Wayne, um, on the food front, very, very briefly, I went to yes. a Syrian restaurant last night. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, you, you can eat there, but it's a, a takeaway. And I'd heard good things yeah. about it from a Syrian chap that I met. And um, I went there and I, they had these, first of all, the place was immaculate, incredibly clean. And all the people working there were wearing uh, disposable gloves. And they would wash their hands all the time, and then take the gloves off and put some new ones on, which which I like, which is unusual. You wouldn't you wouldn't get that in many takeaway restaurants. And I ordered um, skewers of lamb, and uh, and some salad. Very very simple dish. And I, I got home and I ate these things. Goodness me, the lamb was tender, and the service was fantastic. And I, I really enjoyed it. That's the first time I've really enjoyed meat for a long time. Um, I don't know what you feel about lamb, but lamb is one of you know. I I I really like it. It's one of my favourite dishes. No, it is my favourite, John. Mm. Have you it's got definitely anything? Definitely one of my favourites. Have you got anything to tell me? Probably yes, not. I actually went out. No, I do. Uh, not uh, not. Uh, I didn't cook the food, but I went out to Bakabung near Sun City for the weekend. Stay so went there for the for the night. Oh yeah. And it's really a nice place. I mean, I found a new mode of new way of traveling there, which avoids all those little towns with the terrible speed bumps. And and they did a really, really nice uh, braai out at uh, um, at the actual hotel. They prepared a braai fashion with some nice lamb lamb chops there and some nice bourgeois and a little bit of chicken if you wanted it. And it was freezing cold. I didn't have to stand outside and cook the braai, so I didn't get cold. But it, it it was such a nice outing. I mean, the Pinansburg, I think, is a little bit almost underrated because it's not the world's best game reserve, but it's close by. And 
you can see game. You saw a, 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 a black-backed jackal, which yes. is very unusual. In fact, saw two of them. And, you know, you saw the, the regular impalas and the giraffe and the elephant and that. But, yeah, it was actually very, very nice. So a little bit of an indirect food story there. Well, that's good. I mean, but so it was most enjoyable. Why were you going there? A conference again, talking to people? No, what? no, 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 no. This was this was pure, pure, pure holidays, pure, pure leisure. Very good. Okay, Wayne. Thank you very much for your insight on both food and the markets. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.